Hey, welcome to the best small business in the world podcast. I'm Sridi Nikki here with Matt Fitzsimmons. And today we're going to talk about making your decisions easy. Mm. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulously well. Thank you. Very well indeed. Although it's hard to believe that it's summer down here when it's been raining solidly for four weeks. So mind you, I'm talking to a Californian. Maybe I shouldn't be mentioning rain uh, of that consistency for that period of time. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, we have a little bit of rain right now, too, so I don't know when this is going to air, but we uh, had some rain, have some more coming, so we're all ha we're happy right now. We haven't enough for the moment. Fantastic. So, yeah, today's um, topic's really interesting, isn't it? Because as a, as a business leader, I mean, you, you, you know, you'll have clients like this. They, you know, they get charged with making decisions, big ones, small ones, and everything in between. Every day, it's one of the, one of the joys of leadership and, and management is making decisions, and and I suppose it, it, it begs the question, how do you make a, a good decision? How do you, you know, how do you do that? And 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 what are the what are the factors you consider when you're you know coming up with the, the right answer? Yeah, that whole idea of you know being burdened with decisions or or what have you, I mean, it's what we've signed up for. So as a business, like an owner operator, business leader, you signed up to make decisions. So our goal today is to give you some insight into how to make that process simpler and not just simpler and easier for you to decide, but also easier for you to live with afterwards. Mm. And hopefully today, well, well, not hopefully, we will show you uh, a couple of tools uh, cool. that'll help you actually um, make decisions. Um, Get started, yeah. Um, isn't it funny, like, there's so many business decisions I've seen over the year and years, and you will have seen it too, um, and clients, and they make, make it based on gut feel. So they shoot from the hip. It's like, eh, it feels good. I'm going to run with it. <laughs> and I see this a lot in recruiting where they sit down there and go, you know, I'm a really oh. good judge of character. Uh, and and they just sit there and go, yep, I've just got a good feeling about the guy and bang, I hired him. And then three months later, it's like, it all fell apart. What happened? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> because you don't have a framework to judge the character. I mean, okay, so number one, number one, let's start with number one is clarity, right? We have to have clarity in what we're trying to achieve, what our objectives are, what our goals are, what there, there are a number of areas, but if we're not clear on what we ultimately want or why we're considering this, we're not gonna make great decisions. Oh, absolutely. And you see that in recruiting, don't you? You know, it's like, I've got a resignation. I need to hire someone. I'm just going to go to market rather than going, actually, okay, that person's leaving. What do I actually need? What 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 is the role that I'm actually trying to fill? Now, it might be a very simple, straightforward answer. It could be. But it's a really good time to sit back down and go, well, maybe there is another way of looking at it. Maybe there is another skill set I could hire for. Or I would do things slightly differently. Um and, and, you know, to, like you say, clarity, you get clarity on what you're actually looking for. If you don't know what you're looking for, you'll never find it. Um, so well, if you could, sorry, Karen. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point because recruiting and hiring is a, is a wonderful example where we get really muddled and everybody's made a bad hire, right? And sometimes multiple. Charged. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody can think back and sometimes, you know, one of our big mistakes, and I'm saying our as a group, of owners, founders, you know, business owners, we've all done as we've hung on too long afterwards. So the thing, the biggest mistake though I see people making is they're trying to they're trying to find a clone, quote replacement for that individual who left or resigned. 
Yeah. Right. And that, you know, instead of doing that, be clear about what it is, what the outcomes are that you want. Mm -hmm. What are the objectives that you're trying to achieve? What does success in that role look like? And sometimes and people get real confused by this too. Someone leaves or the company's growing and they need to hire two people, right? Mm -hmm. And they can't figure out how to divide up the role. Well, or they're not even clear about what that is. You know, they're just going to hire two people to overlap and do the same thing. And it's like that, that never works either. So, um, you know, this is, this is part of that whole idea, Matt, right? Where we step back and work on the business. You make those decisions. And earlier we talked about the three types of work. This is a great example of the entrepreneurial strategic work, deciding what needs to get done. Mm. This is the fundamental job of a leader is to decide where are you going to focus your energies? Um, you know, we have scarcity of, 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 of finances, of time, of, 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 of you know, human capital, all that sort of stuff. We have scarcity. So, you know, you've got to make some hard decisions. Where do you put that resource? Do you put it in this area or that area? Or, you know, and, and what are you going to focus on with that person or that, you know, that, that money or whatever? Um, and thinking strategically, is it's, it's interesting because it's not taught. It's kind of something that you learn Almost over nowhere. time. Yeah. You know, um, but it's like there's no course in how to make, you know, how to how to do strategy or, you know, um, there are people who will have strategy as part of what they do. I've got a, I got a book in my library um, on strategy, but it doesn't actually, that doesn't substitute for like a real world, like a lot of that stuff is just hypothetical sort of big business orientated stuff. Um, right. When you own a small business, you have an entirely different set of concerns. You know, you have real scarcity. Big businesses normally have resources up the wazoo. They've got, you know, they've got access to capital. I've got normally a lot of people they can throw up projects, that sort of thing. When you own a small business, now nah, you've got to make do with what with what you've got. And you know, the ability to pull in another person, well, that may well in, in certain circumstances. That might take your wage to pay them to to get something up and running because the business can't support all of those wages so yeah you've got to make some you know far more complex decisions than someone in a big corporation who can just put a line through something and say yeah put, and you know put another million bucks in that direction so where would you start you're a small business owner you have tough decisions to make i mean we all do they're coming at us every day but sometimes they're bigger sometimes it's an opportunity it's a vendor saying i'm going to solve all your problem all the problems in the world make your life you know rainbows and unicorns and stuff how do you, what, what's the first step in your process or for first stage beyond kind of clarity and knowing ultimately what you're, what, what you're trying to achieve? I, I think if you look at the, um, the pathway to making a, a solid decision, um, I think you've got to, you've got to be aware of your, your current situation. And if you're under time pressure, and I see this more often than not, if you're under time pressure, you're probably going to make a bad decision because these, these pressures, whether they be real or not, is a separate issue. But there's an there urgency, are right? Yeah, um, and there's real, you know, there's real pressure on you to make a decision because, hey, next week this person's going to leave and you need to hire someone now, type of thing. Um, so I think you've got to acknowledge that whatever the timeframes are, they might be influencing the decision process that you that you take, uh, just because that's the way it is. Um, but if you can recognize that, you can sit there and go, okay. I've got to get a short-term fix, but maybe I have a medium-term solution I need to look at as well. So maybe I need to get a bum on a seat this week, but you know, in, in three months, I've actually got to solve this problem. Um, so I think the first thing to do is actually understand the context by which you're going to make a decision. Um, 
and how much pressure is on you and, and all that sort of thing. And uh, at various times of years uh, of year for different sort of businesses, they can have different pressures. You know, uh, if you've got a seasonal business and you're a week out from the biggest shopping event of the year or something like that, well, no, no, you need bums on seats. And we can talk about other things at the end of that week after we've got through it. Well, yeah, there's um, a difference between first aid, right, and long-term kind of care mm -hmm. and recovery. So mm -hmm. sometimes you're kind of forced in those situations. you got to triage it. you got to just kind of stop the bleeding. But, you know, that may not be the long-term solution. Mm -hmm. So let me share with you the first stage because the, this time, time pressures, money pressures, you know, people complaining, all kinds of customers you know, upset or, or not getting served, wait lists, you name it. These are all things that wear on us and weigh on us, right? Um, mm -hmm. The first step that I like to consider is using your vision and your vision having three components, right? So you put it the first step. This isn't the comprehensive step. This is the first step in creating a decision matrix so that you can take a moment. And this is a great example of slow down to go fast. Slow down mm -hmm. for a few minutes. Okay, not, not long-term, not forever, for a few minutes, breathe, and then ask yourself, does it serve our higher purpose or how can it serve our higher purpose, right? The yeah. second one is, how does it align with our core values? Does it? How can it? If it doesn't, how can it? If I still can't come up with a solution or an answer, I'm going to move on. The third question is, does it move us closer to or farther away from our BHAG? So our ultimate goal, our big, hairy, audacious goal, that eight to 10 year kind of where we're ultimately going, our destination, if it moves us closer to our BHAG, that might be, you know, it's good to proceed, right? If it doesn't move us closer to our BHAG, why are we doing it? Why would we even consider it? So basically it's got to check those three boxes before we even move into the next stage. So yeah, higher purpose, core values, and BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. If I can't get good answers to those and say yes, it aligns with our higher purpose, it aligns with our core values, and it moves us closer to our BHAG, I'm done. Your decision's already made. And it doesn't yeah. matter your time constraints. I mean, you, you just solved it in the, a matter of a few minutes. Now, mm -hmm. if it passes that, right? And, and by the way, that destination thing is part of the clarity, right? Yeah. If we know where we're ultimately going, we can then say, does it move us closer or farther away? Yeah. Right. Without that clarity and knowing where we're going, how do we make that decision? So, you, I mean, you've seen this, right, where people take off in the wrong direction? Uh, it's the difference between operating tactically and strategically. Um, you know, I mean, tactically is plug a gap. Uh, strategically is think about the direction and, and, and where we're going. And it's really easy, though. I mean, like, let's be honest. It's easy to get sucked into just thinking tactically. I need a bum in a seat this week because of whatever reason. Sure. I, I get that. I really do. But the more time that we see business owners thinking and acting strategically, the, the better their business roles you know that's just that's it's just easier to run a business that is strategically aligned in everything that it does because it's you know like like you say it's it's pretty crystal clear what the decision needs to be because you're lining it up with the three most important concepts in in, in your business which is you know your behag your values and your purpose um and and if it doesn't pass that exactly mate, you made a great point if it doesn't pass that then stop right there and go back and go whoa, whoa okay hang on a second yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because like it's easy to pay lip service to that right it's easy to sit there and go oh, oh yeah, yeah but oh yeah but you know but and it's that <laughs> oh yeah but and we've all heard that right? i mean we've, we've, we've done it you know i mean it is unfortunately what it is um but 
if we don't, if we if we resist the temptation to do the but thing, then you know we we actually make better decisions. We 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 you know we have a simpler business that's easier to run and is more profitable. You know, if we, you know, using that sort of language. Well, <laughs> um, the the other thing about that is we mentioned that you're going to be happier with your decisions every time you push your purpose aside or compromise your values or chase a tangent or a, you know a detour that doesn't move you closer to your goal in the most efficient manner mm. you look back on those decisions and generally you're not real happy they didn't serve you they delayed the game they pushed the timeline back you know they they slowed your progress it's it, those those are the decisions that we regret right yeah yes yeah as and the way i tend to think of them is that so you know your vision for your business it's just a tool it's a tool that helps you make decisions Absolutely. Right? it's it's not the decision it's the tool to make the decision and and in, in that in that particular case it's just a litmus test by which you can sit there and go are we doing the right thing here? Well, does it line up with those three things really clearly? If it doesn't, we'll take a step back and put on pause and figure out how that's going to work. Um, as another example, uh, and going back to recruitment, uh, one of the tools that you can use for recruitment is psychometric profiling. It won't tell you everything, but it's a tool that helps you understand. And if you want to avoid making a bad decision, it's one of the tools. It's not the decision, but it's a tool. Um, let's be honest, the reason that we... Um, that we do what we do is because people want to do something with their business. They have a vision for it, but often that can get lost in the day-to-day -day hustle and bustle of working. And that's, that's, that's the reality. I mean, that's, you know, I'd love to say that it's not how it is and, and maybe in big business, it's not, but in small well, businesses, you've got a business to run first and foremost. And, you know, it's sometimes difficult to have that in the back of your mind making decisions, but as you and I have both seen over the years, if if you can do that, then you're ten steps ahead of uh, of your competitors you know, straight out of the gates. Well, it's so here we're going to use a bunch of cliches and mixed metaphors. It's the North Star, the tortoise and the hare. It's you know it's getting lost in the forest for you know for the for, for the trees. You know if you keep your eye on the North Star and you're heading in the same direction, even if you're not going at a sprint, right? If you just keep mm -hmm. moving. Uh, you know, at a regular pace in that direction, you're going to make so much more progress toward where you want to be than your competitors and the industry and all the trends and everybody else, because they're, they lose sight of that. And we see it all the time. This was the other thing I forget, you know, we, we talk about strategic planning, right. And we, and we do that, both of us work with people with companies and, and do that and facilitate and help them. But what I, I read this article, and I think it was Harvard Business Review, but I, I don't have a citation right now. But the article said that of the companies that do strategic planning, 80% of them, okay, 80%, four out of five, their near-term goals do not align to their long-term goals. Wow, 80%. That's like 70, 80%. It, that's insane to me, right? That's and by the way, again, well, and I, I thought of you immediately because I thought, I don't remember when I read that a few years ago, but I saw that, I thought about the training that we did, the processes we put in place, the stuff you helped me learn with strategic planning, doing a SWOT, figuring out where you are currently, what your goals are, what are we going to do over the next 90 days, you know, to move us closer to those goals. It's all very linear. It's all very rational. It's all very logical. We put it through the emotional, you know, filter of the purpose and the rest of it 
But what we're doing right now, we can explain exactly how it helps us move to where we want to go. And it just seems so incredibly obvious that, you know, looking at that and reading that article and having that these guys go in and, you know, the researchers look at different companies and go, this, they, they, it isn't obvious and nobody could explain how it moves them closer to their ultimate goals. It, you know, it was totally disconcerting. But what I figured out, I figured out two things. When you're small, and Matt, I know you've seen this, you probably tell dozens of stories. When you're small, most often it's your fault. Okay, when, what I mean by that is you, the owner operator, all of us have done this. We listen to a podcast, we go to a conference, we read an article, we see a video, and we're very enthused and excited about whatever that concept or idea is. And we go and we don't even intentionally necessarily subvert our team, but we go back and we tell them because we're excited. And they take that as a directive. They misinterpret it and go, oh, we should be working on this. And they abandon the stated goals or the stated whatever, and they start pursuing this thing, which may or may not, you know, maybe it's exciting, but it may or may not serve our purposes. It may not, may or may not move us closer to our goals, right? So the other thing to be careful of as you're bigger, okay? So as companies get to 50, 100, 200, 500 people, so not considered big in the, gen, you know, the grand scheme of things, but big for an, a founder, owner, operator to be running, if you're running your 200 employee company, you've, you've done quite a bit of work. You've grown an awful lot, right? The, other, the one you have, you have to then become the arbiter of your vision. You have to become the protector of, the vision and the decisions because people will want to do things for their own their own purposes whether it's to yeah. add the resume or to get a promotion or get recognized or there are all these secondary gains that they want they want to pursue this initiative you're going to have to police that and really hold you know develop the guardrails hold people accountable you know keep them accountable to the decision and, and to the, the fidelity to the vision right yes. and by doing all that and maybe you can talk more about this one by doing all that you not only have created clarity for yourself, but you've created clarity for all the other people in your organization. Yeah. I'll give you an example of how that plays out in the sporting field. And and obviously I'm a Kiwi, so you know, I'll talk about rugby because that's all we do down here. <laughs> um, it rains and we play rugby. <laughs> um, for the longest time, um, New Zealand had won only the World Cup, we'd only won it once back in 1987. And we would falter gloriously um, at the final hurdle at the World Cup. We were usually the best team in the world um, in every event, in every tour and that sort of thing up until the World Cup. And we consistently failed. And what they what they realized is they need to take some lessons from business. And they came up with their own set of values, purpose, and their own BHAG. Um, and the BHAG was only partly around um, being um, the world champions. It was about being the best team in the world. And as a byproduct of that, one of their scorecards was win the World Cup. Um, and they came up with a set of values. And they would, there's been many a person who has been an outstanding world-class rugby player who's never made the All Blacks because they weren't aligned with the values of that organization. And one of them is, um, and you'll see a lot of sports teams do this, and the Japanese soccer team uh, during the World Cup has done this. They they, they call it sweep the, we sweep the sheds. In other words, um, we might be the best rugby team in the world, but we'll leave your changing sheds 
uh, and the way that we found it, which is clean and tidy and that sort of thing. So they sweep the sheds. And that was that's only one of the, the values they hold. But it was really critical. It's a it's a it's a reflection of humility um and not getting too big for our boots and that sort of sort of thing. Yeah. And there's been many, many players who haven't been aligned with those values who could have very, very easily uh been all blacks for, just for pure talent and ability, but they never were that because sport like business is a team sport um you know rugby is a team sport and and a business is a team sport and if you've got people who aren't aligned with where that organization is going then it's it's all for nothing because you'll get people serving their own agendas like you mentioned um and doing things for their own personal gain and not for the the gain of the team and and now if you look at the kudos given to someone who was who maybe was a previous all black they always carry a, a sense of what we call mana or respect because um, they have been part of this organization which was much bigger than them. And they have been superstars and that sort of thing, but sure. they're a superstar in the context of that particular team. And, and the same with business. You know, you, you'll have superstars in your team, but they're superstars in the context of that organization. Um, and to make decisions about that organization, having those three things in alignment and, and, and doing that might mean that you have to make some uncomfortable decisions. If people don't align with your values, you have to have the courage to say, sorry, mate, you might be the number one sales guy or you might be number one at something, but I'm going to say no because we're playing a bigger game than just I want to sell lots this month. Um, right. And so what it does is it gives you real clarity over what is right and what is wrong. And um, yeah, that's that's how they choose the All Blacks, more on character than on, on ability. Um and that's you know one of the tools that you can use for uh, hiring people for uh, you know for your business. That's a great point, and that's another you know for hiring, for bringing people on, but also for signing contracts, for deciding on a big customer. Mm. You know, the, do they are they aligned with our values? Are they going to? Are we going to have to compromise something? Right, mm. and and really there are compromises we're all willing to make, right? Extra hours or a little bit of extra effort or something like that, right? But those mm -hmm. fundamental, um, you know, I look at the core values as non-negotiables. They're, they're, they're non-negotiable. They, they are the values. We're not going to bend those. If we bend those, then we compromise something that's really at our core and our essence. And you said they came up with, and I want to make one quick comment about that. I think a lot of those things, when you're looking at your organization and your core values, when we're facilitating, when you did it for us, it was much more of a discovery process mm, yeah. versus an invention process, right? You, yeah. In other words, you already have rules that you live by. You already have expectations for each other around behaviors and, and, and what have you. So it's really a matter of, again, clarity, articulating those and getting those out in the open so everybody knows. And then, and then you can use them in your decision, yeah. right? But until you've done that work, how do you, you know, you're kind of making it up as you go or you're winging it. We want to be declarative about what those things are, which, mm -hmm. Matt, this is a perfect time, which is why that's what the hey. book starts with, <laughs> right? Well, you're absolutely right. Like, you hit the nail on the head that we, we've designed this book, Steady and I have come up with a format based on exactly what, what you know, what we talked about because it's what we, what we, what we believe because it's what we've seen work. <laughs> Right. Not because it's evidence based. It's not because we have it's a, like evidence. Yeah, it's proof. Right. 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 Yeah. So I mean, the very first section of the book is on on the vision, 
right? There's mm -hmm. three things that are going to go. And, and the reason is not that they're comprehensive, not that it's the end all be all, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's the foundation. So the way I describe it to clients is it's foundational and you can build a house. And I understand the house has a lot of other stuff, right? It's got paint, it's got walls, it's got electrical, it's got plumbing, it's got fixtures, there's furniture, there's carpet, there's, you know, insulation, ceiling, HVAC. I mean, the list is rather long, right? Mm -hmm. But if you build all that up on something before building a foundation, how's it going to hold up under any kind of stress? Yeah. yeah. You know? So and that's, I, I think I think that one point that you just made there, right at the end of your sentence there, is mm -hmm. actually the point. How does it hold up under stress? Because right. any house, regardless of what it's built up, is, is going to be fine on a nice day. It's right. going to be fine on a nice day. But we, we need to build a business that's for more than just a nice day. And under stress, and you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head there, Sturdy, yeah. under stress is when these things get tested. Well, and, and it will come under stress. Go. Yeah, of course. And that's, Again, kind of what you signed up for. <laughs> you start a business, some they're going to be problems. You know, yeah. the only real question is what problem today? How mm -hmm. big is it going to be? What's going to happen? So yeah, yeah, you're going to encounter stress in your business. Expect it. Mm -hmm. Again, being a great problem solver is part of what makes a great you know business owner. Mm -hmm. It's how big part of how you succeed. Yeah, and and just going back to the book for a second, we've designed the book in a way that we ask you a, a bunch of questions. And so mm -hmm. what we do is, is the book is designed to give you a place where you can put down your thoughts and you can explore themes and, and that type of thing. Um, so we don't give you the answers, we give you the tools for which you can find your own answers. Uh, and it's really important that you ask the right questions when you're coming up with, with your vision for your business. Yeah. Because like you say, under stress, later on, when you are, you know, when when things are tough, you know, COVID comes along or or you know the GFC or these things happen, the quality of the work that you do and the quality of the questions which help you get clear about what you're actually trying to say, um, really come to the fore. And that's why we've really, really carefully chosen the the methodology and the questions and the you know the tools and the techniques we use to get from the reader um, exactly what they want to capture. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's people sit there and go, oh, what's your goal? Oh, it's this. Nah, it's, there's a lot of questions to explore to get the right BHAG for that. And there's a, there's a lot of questions, right. a lot. there's a really good tool in here to explore your um, your core values. And then there's another couple of tools that will actually give you the ability to, to double check that what you think about your core values and your values of the business are actually what you think. Um, right, challenge questions. Totally, yeah, and and often, you know, we when we go through, we just take the first answer, and because it's you know it's the one that pops up, so it must be right, um, <laughs> and it's not quite like that normally. So we've, we've designed it to be a certain way for a certain reason, and and like you say, sturdy, it's 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 under stress. These things mm -hmm. have got to be right. Well, yeah, that's when we make compromises that we regret later. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, hundred percent. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, before we wind down, we want to remind you that we would love to hear your challenges. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity to send us questions, uh, email, comments on the on the uh, podcast, whatever. Uh, we'd like to, you know, give us your big, hairy questions, your problems that are unresolved, the stuff that you think is going to stump us. All right, mm -hmm. stump us, stump the chumps. We'd love to be challenged. Us up. Yeah, I'll leave you with one thought. So 
firstly, thanks for listening to the podcast. It's it's great that you have along. Any feedback you've got is is very much appreciated. We're still learning this. Um, we, we hope we're providing some value. Really are. But the, the, I just want to leave you with a um, with a question. The next time that you uh, are charged with making a question in your business, what are the tools you could use to make that decision more effective uh, and 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 more correct? And if you don't have the tools, then flick us a drop us a line, flick us a message, and and we can give you some tools which will help make running your business a whole lot easier and making those decisions really clear about you know what they what they need to look like sounds great again thanks for listening